Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, Rob, if we can roll this into the system, I just saw a story that came across my timeline. It is titled, The Crossroads Art District Feels a Loss of Identity, a Loss of Property from Proposed Downtown Stadium. Quote, the county is actively working on community benefits agreement throughout the community, and we are hoping to get a final copy of that within the next 10 to 7 days. I just uh, hit a favorite on it on Twitter, Rob, if you can uh, cut that audio, and we'll play that for you as soon as we get it. Here is the question that I would like to ask you guys, and I feel like I know the answer, but maybe I don't. 913-586-7610. I remember whenever Bobby Witt Jr. signed his contract extension, well, it was like 10, 11 days ago. It feels like it was a long time ago, but it probably wasn't that long ago. Rob, myself, and Steven Spector were having a conversation. I asked them, how much do you think that Bobby Witt Jr. matters? And I'm not talking about the on-the-field baseball player. Bobby Witt Jr. is one of the best young players in Major League Baseball. And the contract is a great thing for the Kansas City Royals. But as I saw Eric Hosmer today retire, and the outpouring of love and appreciation that people have for Eric Hosmer, I remember a time in which Eric Hosmer really mattered and resonated in this city that he would leave a concert and people would want to take pictures with him. And there was a crowd around him and Eric Hosmer sort of crossed over in a way that it was beyond Royals fandom. It was everybody cared the same way that Lorenzo Cain had crossed over in that way, the same way that Salvador Perez had crossed over in that way that He really mattered in the city. And I really question if Bobby Wood Jr. matters yet in that way. That there's no denying his on-the-field baseball ability, but does he really resonate to the casual Royals fan? Is he somebody that at a restaurant, is it a big deal if Bobby Wood Jr. is in the restaurant? And I'm not really sure if he's crossed over in that way. I think there's a couple of different reasons for that. I would say number one is... You haven't been able to watch them easily on television. That that connection that you get from coming home and turning on the television every day and seeing that person on the screen, you bond with that person. 
I think that that bond has been broken due to how difficult it has been to watch the Royals on television over the course of Bobby Wood Jr.'s two seasons in Kansas City. And he also hasn't played in any important games. So you just don't have really any memories or anything tying yourself to Bobby Wood Jr. that you got to develop over time. Obviously, the Chiefs' success overshadows a lot of things that have happened with the Royals, but not a lot has happened for the Royals. So, Rob, I'll ask you this question again, and we can go to the text line. We can take calls on this if you want. This is not me questioning how good Bobby Witt is as a baseball player. Nothing related to that. I mean, he had a fantastic season. But does Bobby Witt Jr. matter yet? Is he somebody that moves the needle in that way? Because it doesn't feel like he does yet. I don't think he does. But I don't think that's his fault. I think Bobby Witt Jr. might be the best player the Royals have had since George Brett from a purely ability standpoint. The problem is, as he is, I don't think he's entering his prime yet, but as he enters this new contract, what are the big storylines of the Royals? How terrible they've been and how they are very difficult to see on television. Carrington, one of the reasons that Eric Hosmer was the star he was in town is was baseball players are easy to identify because on the field, you see their face like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are mega stars, but I've been to the airport before Trey Smith was walking around. No one recognized Trey Smith because he wears a helmet professionally. People don't know what he looks like as well as they do a baseball player, a basketball player. Eric Cosmer was on television 160 nights a year. Everyone saw him at the ballpark on TV everywhere. That is not the case right now. The Royals are so bad, no one's going to the ballpark to see Bobby Witt. And they are difficult to find on television. So his identifiableness, if that's a word, which it's not. I get what you're saying. Is difficult for Joe Fan because they just know of him by name, but they can't place him. And I don't want, think that's his fault. I think he's just in a bad era. Well, I think some of that, too, is his personality. Eric Hosmer had a personality that sort of drew you in, and he was sort of viewed as the face of the team. I don't think that Bobby Wood Jr. is the face of the Royals. I think that's Vinny Pasquantino. I think he's the one that's visible and around, and I don't think Vinny Pasquantino matters as much as Hosmer and Kane and those guys did for a lot of the same reasons as Bobby Wood Jr., but I think people are gravitating towards Vinny Pasquantino. And if the Royals get good this season, I think the person that's going to be doing the interview on the sideline with Joel Goldberg, a lot of nights is going to be Vinny. I think it's going to be him more times than not. So I think some of it is, I think that Bobby Wood Jr. could just be Alex Gordon. That you heard Alex Gordon, but he was much more of the quiet. I'm just going to go out here. I'm going to do my nine to five. I'm going to go home. And that's really going to be the end of it. This Royals team, I think, at least needs a little bit more of a salesman from Bobby Witt Jr., and I'm just not really sure if that's his personality. But you and I were here in town where someone on the text line says Haas was like the Royals' version of Travis Kelsey. I think that's a really good example for what he was. Now, obviously, the Travis Kelsey celebrity has grown over the course of the last eight, nine months or so with his new relationship, but Kelsey was a star, And you felt it before everything changed for him over the last little bit. I don't think it feels like Bobby Wood Jr. is a star. And I think there is a difference between being a sports star and a pop culture star. Where I would say 
that Salvador Perez and Eric Hosmer were Kansas City like pop culture heroes as much as you can be in a city like Kansas City where it just feels like Bobby Wood Jr. is a baseball player. And I think that is very different than the generation that we once had with the Royals players. That's fair. And I think you're right. It's I call it the Mike Trout effect. Like we talk and we will talk about it at some point this year. We talked about it a lot more when Otani was an angel and the fact that, hey, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, but he doesn't want to be a superstar. I think you're right. Part of Bobby Witt's personality, part of Bobby Witt's persona, part of whatever it is with Bobby Witt is fine just being one of the guys. Like, I'm not in the Royals clubhouse every day, but I would imagine he blends in with the dudes despite the fact he makes $400 million because he doesn't have that persona, that air of superstardom despite his ability. I think at a certain point you have to seek out the limelight, and Bobby Witt hasn't done that. But I would continue to argue, I don't think the limelight has been available. Like, Carrington, we've been doing the show now since the pandemic. How much Bobby Witt have we talked about? Like, really? Not like, Not a whole lot. Has he been putting up massive numbers? Has he been great? Yes. We haven't talked about him. Why? Because he's been pushing toward 100 lost seasons on TV where no one can see him. Do you think the average person knows what Bobby Witt Jr. looks like? No. I also think on top of the bad baseball and the TV problem, this is also the golden era of Chiefs football. And when Patrick Mahomes goes to the K, that's the world's biggest story in town, and it dwarfs whatever else is happening in town. And what's happening at those times of year is usually Bobby Witt baseball. Text line 913-586-7610. Someone on the text line says Bobby Witt Jr. has been a team for two years and could barely drink alcohol. Give him some time. This seems premature. Well, it's certainly fair. I've, I'm just... I'm looking at a guy who just got almost $300 million guaranteed. And the fact that I'm not sure if I'm not sure if like, I believe that Bobby Wood Jr. could walk around the plaza tomorrow and it not be a big deal in the least bit that he is there. But I don't think many people are stopping him. I don't think they call. I, I think that Bobby Wood Jr. at least in this sense is pretty anonymous And for a player as talented as he is and has the success that he has in a city that is as sports crazed as Kansas City, like we are not talking about a place that is passive when it comes to their love of sports. People here love their sports. And the fact that the best baseball player in the city, I don't think is recognizable. I don't think like tomorrow if he went somewhere, I don't think it's a big deal. I, it just, it's surprising to me. And as one star that had that kind of appeal and Eric Hosmer, It is interesting that like this next generation of star, at least Bobby Witt Jr., who I would say Bobby Witt is a better baseball player than any player on the 2014 or 2015 Royals. Now, he might not have the on the field success as a team that they had, but Bobby Witt Jr. is a better baseball player than we have than we have seen in this city for a very long time. And he is pretty unrecognizable, which is very interesting to me. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. Let's um let's play a couple of news clips. That's what we'll do here. 913-586-7610. Let's start with I think these are the two biggest stories in Kansas City. The shooting at Union Station is still the top story in the city until otherwise. And the April 2nd vote in the downtown stadium and what's gonna potentially happen. So let's start with the downtown stadium. And business owners, they had a meeting and there was a little bit of a protest today outside Kauffman Stadium. This audio comes courtesy of KCTV5. Talk to anyone in the crossroads and downtown baseball is a polarizing subject. I have so much I want to say. Adriana Schoonover has lived in the crossroads for several years in a rent-controlled building called the KC Star Lofts. If this gets placed down here, where are we going to go? Especially because I wouldn't consider like low-income housing to be something that's plentiful in Kansas City right now. She's worried that downtown baseball will change what makes the Crossroads unique, like the pairing Crossroads wine and grocer. Where we're standing here will be a high-rise hotel. Uh, The stadium would be right across the street. So we are in the direct footprint. Atkins would like to stay where his business has been at for the foreseeable future. I'm not looking to get paid off of this. I'm not looking for a buyout. Um, at the end of the day, we don't want these guys in our neighborhood because we want to preserve what we've got. And we've already approved the X7 and contingent upon receipt. The letter of intent was ratified by the Sports Authority today. They are also ironing out the Chiefs and Royals 40-year lease agreement. We're hoping to get something to the county within the next 7 to 10 days. So that is audio audio courtesy of KCTV5. They met with people who live down in the crossroads or have a business or work down in the crossroads to get their thought on the stadium. I I feel for these two people, whether it's the woman that lives down in the KC Star Lofts. I actually have never heard of that place before. I didn't even know where it was. So I got to do some Googles and learn more about the city 
or this person that has the business. I have heard that the pairing, and I've actually never been there before, I actually have heard that they have been some of the most vocal people against the stadium. Have you heard that too, Rob? They're one of the ones you've seen a lot of television news stories. They're very outspoken about their thoughts. Now, I don't know if this is speaking out of turn or not, but, I mean, you are a business owner, and I'm assuming that there is a number that you have for anything, and you might not want to move, but at some point, I, I... at some point, I imagine the people that are trying to build on where his space is are going to sit down with this man and they are going to ask you, what's your number to move? And I believe that he has a number the same way that everybody has a number. Now, maybe his number is a very unrealistic number and he and the Royals will never be able to come to an agreement and then we will certainly see how that plays itself out. But I, 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 I certainly understand and I hear the complaints and I feel the complaints about they're trying to build the stadium in a community. Right now, the stadium is out of everybody's way. Like a major reason of why the Chiefs are not getting any backlash, even though the Chiefs are also asking you to pay for their renovations. Like that is a part of the story that I think is a little bit unfair towards the Royals, even though I get it. Like the Royals are doing something far more drastic than what the Chiefs are doing. The Chiefs want to take your money and they're just going to continue to stay out of everybody's way. The Royals are trying to take your money and put it in everybody's way and on top of small businesses and communities and with where people live. But let's at least be clear here. If you are, I don't want to help pay for that stadium. The Chiefs are also asking you to help pay for their renovations. The same team, the same organization that has won three championships that is valued at how much the Chiefs probably worth? $4 billion? Maybe a little bit more than that? I mean, we, we have seen NFL teams sell recently. The Carolina Panthers have sold recently. The Washington Commanders have sold recently. If the Chiefs were up for sale, it is a $4 billion company, a $5 billion company. They are also asking for your money to help pay for their renovations as well. But the Chiefs are receiving very little backlash in asking you to help pay for their renovations. And the Royals are standing at the forefront of this thing. And they are taking all of the arrows for the Truman Sports Complex and the money that they are asking for. It is, it, it's been that way since the beginning, though, Carrington. Like, basically, since John Sherman took over, the pandemic ended. He had that first press conference in surprise. I think Annie Rogers was there. And he had the quote, you know, we love the K. It's in the system. We love the K. The K is great, you know. But, you know, we're looking to move and upgrade. That's what he has said since the minute he showed up. Meanwhile, Clark Hunt and the Chiefs have stayed quiet. They've worked in the shadows. They've been kind of behind the scenes. They've been ambiguous in their language. They haven't said very affirming things in either direction, mind you. They always say our preference is to stay, but they've explored every option. And we love Arrowhead. We, we know it's important to the community, but we also remember they had that meeting with Kansas where the Kansas lawmakers just blurted out they had had a meeting with Mark Donovan. Like, the Chiefs have kind of talked out of both sides of their mouths and kind of hidden behind the scenes. The Royals are taking the PR hit. You and I both believe the Chiefs are eventually going to jump in the PR game and take control because right now they're Teflon Don. Nothing sticks to the Chiefs, but the Royals just keep getting dinged time after time after time. Yeah, someone on the text line says, I feel like the Royals wouldn't get so much backlash if they fielded a winning product. That's the difference between them and the Chiefs. Absolutely. But at least for me, there are a lot of reasons, I think, to vote no on this thing. You guys know where I stand on this. But if your opposition to the Royals plan is, 
I don't think it's right that you were going to build in a community. And there are other places inside Jackson County in which you can build this stadium that will not displace people or interrupt a very important community in our city. I think that's a very, very strong and legitimate argument. But if you are basing your argument to me on, I don't want to pay for their stadium because they don't win. I think that is a very short-sighted belief and philosophy, at least about this issue. And I think that the conversation is much bigger than how the Royals are doing at this individual moment. I think this conversation is much larger than how they performed in 2021 and 2022. No one is happy with how the Royals have played, but I just don't know if that should be the foundation of why you were voting yes or no, based on the fact that the chiefs are a very successful football team And the Royals have been the exact opposite. And many people are going to vote that way. I said this whenever they made all the moves in the offseason and when they signed Bobby Wood Jr. Like, it felt like they were trying to show you good faith. Hey, we have done everything that we have asked you to do. We're now asking you to do one thing. You asked us to put money back into this team and try to field a winner. We are doing the absolute best that we can. I would advise the Royals, and I think they know this, they better get off to a good start. Like, they better have a good spring training, and everything better be really good. Now, it's not going to be a lot of baseball played before April 2nd, and this vote happens, but this is a team that people need to be feeling good about the Royals heading into that vote and heading into the ballot. People feel great about the Chiefs. You can't feel better about the Chiefs than you currently do. There's a big gap. A big gap between where people feel about the Chiefs and where the Royals. I would encourage them to get off to a good start. Aren't you talking, talking about both sides of your mouth there a little bit where you think it's short-sighted to care about the winning and losing when it comes to voting, but the success of the Royals in the early season matters. Isn't that you doing exactly what you just said people needed not do? Don't be short-sighted. Don't vote based on the wins and losses, but boy, they better have some wins and losses to win this vote. Isn't that you like towing both company lines right there? But I mean, I, I also think... But I also think that we understand that a lot of the opposition is tied to that. That doesn't have anything to do with how I vote and how I feel on this. But you and I agree. If the Royals had proposed this plan in 2016, you would not get nearly the amount of opposition that people have towards it. If if the Royals had come out in 2016 and they had said, Kauffman Stadium is getting old. We love Kauffman Stadium. But by the turn of 2020, we want to move to a new stadium. We wouldn't be having the opposition that we have right now towards the Royals. And that the Royals, I would say the way that people feel in their public Q rating is down right now. It's bad. It's really bad where it is right now with the Royals. Like, really, really bad right now. So that would just be my advice to them. Hey, you need to do something that gets people feeling really good about the Royals before this thing passes. I would say you need to run a much better campaign than you've run so far by now. Like, they haven't given you many reasons, I would say, publicly to vote yes. And the people that want you to vote no for this thing, they have been pretty open and pretty vocal over the last week, ever since you made this plan on why you should vote no. Have you seen a big push on why you should vote yes for this over the last week? I mean, since they had that press conference and everybody was there, what has been their plan to get people who are on the fence about this thing to vote yes? Because the people that don't want this thing to pass, they've been pretty mobilized over the last seven days on why you shouldn't vote for this thing. 
I will say you do keep hearing news stories about John Sherman having quiet behind closed doors meetings with people. Like I believe there was one earlier this week where he was meeting with business owners to talk about the plan and before he headed out to Arizona. So the Royals at least, or the chiefs that matter have not spoken publicly since the announcement about why you should vote. Yes. The no people have been far more outspoken, but Carrington, you and I both know how this game's played in the next weeks or Probably between three to six weeks, I would say, maybe sooner. The Chiefs are going to come out and they're going to announce, hey, here's our plan for new Arrowhead. And that wave of excitement is going to crash and it's going to be part of the push for vote yes. So maybe they're just waiting for that moment to hit the presses. When's that moment? I mean, this it thing has is, to be soon. I, I'm with you. I mean, they're trying to get this vote on April 2nd. I mean, we can get the, the countdown for it. There ain't a whole lot of days between now and April 2nd. So if. If the Royals have a political campaign to really push people on why this is so important and why they need to do this, I would encourage them to get this thing going here in the next five or six days or so. Like, if you want my advice for the Royals, how I would try to help them get this thing passed, I mean, when I turn on the news right now, it is not a big campaign to get you to vote for this. They are talking to community people. They are talking to people who are going to be negatively affected by this. There is not a big news push that I've seen for, hey, this is so great for our community. you got to go down and vote yes. I would just encourage them to start doing that if, if they really want this thing passed, which I would imagine that they do. Rob, they got signs up right now telling you that you should vote no on April 2nd. They got a news camp. They just had a protest outside Kauffman Stadium earlier today. There ain't no game outside Kauffman today. They, got people, they held a press conference today out in front of Kauffman Stadium telling you to vote no on this thing. John Sherman should be out front every single day telling you why you should vote yes. What else are you doing right now? You're not, you're not here pitching and catching. You're not hitting. You're not running bases. This is your number one priority is trying to get your stadium passed. It is not my stadium. It is not your stadium. That will be the house that John Sherman built. He needs to be on Fesco in the morning every Friday telling you why you should be voting yes on this thing. You need to carve out an hour of your week to be going around shaking hands and kissing babies and trying to get this thing passed. If that's what you want, that would be my advice. Let me play for you. This is a eyewitness account of the shooting down at Union Station. Where's this audio come from, Rob? Fox that 4? is Fox 4. All right, Fox 4. I want to give them their proper a credit for this audio. This is an eyewitness account of the shooting that happened down at Union Station. So we were going to the parade, and my little brother, this dude mugging my little brother, Harris says Lindell Mays was staring down his 15-year-old friend. That 15-year-old asking Mays if there was a problem. That's when Mays, according to Harris, started to talk trash to the teenager. And Harris interjected. And I pushed my little brother out the way. As soon as I pushed my little brother out the way, the dude stepped forward to proceed to shoot me. I seen the firearm. I turned my face, and then he hit me in the back of the neck and went through my lip as I was turning away from him. That's when mayhem ensued. Harris says after he was shot by Mays, that is when his friend Dominique Miller fired his gun only after Lindell Mays fired his weapon and only in defense of Harris. The state alleges one of Miller's bullets is the one that hit Lisa Lopez Galvan. This image here from TMZ Sports shows the moments when Harris is holding his face after being shot. After I got shot, I instantly, like, I walked off looking for help. I was looking for help. And then I sat there, after I got help, I just sat there and just prayed for a second. 
According to prosecutors, Mays admits he not only pulled his gun first, but that he fired first, and he advanced on the men. Y'all need to know that Donald, that Donald didn't play a part in just going down there thinking thinking he was just going to shoot 22 people because then nobody having tensions on 22 people getting shot. This isn't a first for Mays. The 23-year-old just got off probation after two years for showing a handgun after a dispute while playing basketball at a Belton, Missouri community center. My condolences to Miss Lisa Lopez and the shooting victims. This was not intentionally. It happened out of nowhere. It was an accidental situation, literally. Okay, so that was one of the people who got shot down at Union Station. The reason he sounded like that was, he, as you heard, he got shot in the mouth. Now, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, and I don't know a whole lot about guns, but I did see the gun that was used in the shooting. I did see it. Seems hard to say that you didn't mean for 22 people to get shot when you are firing that kind of weapon into a crowd of people. That, Seems like that gun could do a whole lot of damage. And maybe that was not your intention on, on shooting 22 people or then being injured in the crossfire of your shootout. But if you were firing that kind of weapon that could shoot that many bullets in a very short amount of time, a lot of people that you don't intend to get hurt are going to get hurt in the crossfire of your shootout. Just seems like common sense to me. So maybe that was not the intention in the very, very beginning. But the moment that gun was pulled out and you started firing, it was very, very likely that other people other than your intended target were going to be in danger because of that decision. That's number one. Number two here. That's why all of this happened. Like if you were now wondering the why. Like, if your kid comes up to you and like, Daddy, Mommy, why did this happen down at Union Station? This is the answer that you have to give them? For those of you that didn't hear the story, so the guy Lindell Mays, they believe he is the one who fired the, the fatal shot that killed Lisa Lopez Galvan. That's what the police believe. He is a 23-year-old man. I'm not calling him a kid. You are 23 years old. You are an adult. He is a 23-year-old man. Rob, he was in a stare down with a 15-year-old? What grade are you in if you're 15? You're a sophomore in high school? Yeah. You're, you're a freshman? You're a freshman or sophomore, You're a yeah. freshman and sophomore. So you're telling me that this grown adult man that has finished high school and is past college age, you are a grown adult man. This entire thing started because this 23-year-old man got into a staring contest with a 15-year-old? That's why they got into a shootout at the parade with kids around and with family around and people were just having a good time because they got into a staring match. Like, I'm reading this story. I know you just heard the audio. It, it is one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard in my entire life. We were going to the parade. My brother, this dude mugged my little brother. The 15-year-old then asked Lindell May, so the man who fired the shot, allegedly, if there was a problem. And then according to Harris, the guy you just heard, May started talking trash to the teenager, and then the guy you heard interjected. I pushed my little brother out of the way, and as soon as I pushed my little brother out of the way, the dude, I assume he's talking about Mays here, stepped forward and proceeded to shoot me. I seen the firearm, and then I turned, and he hit me in the back of the neck. It went through my lip as I turned away from him. 
This is not this individual's first running with the gun. He just got off probation because he was wielding a firearm at a community center, at the Belton Community Center, in a dispute about a basketball game. Now, Rob, you might not be familiar with these kind of basketball games, but I can tell you exactly what was happening. They were arguing about something, probably the score, a foul, something very stupid. If you've ever been in these kind of scenarios, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The argument started as something really dumb. You said it was 7-5, but this other person said it was 8-6, and now you spend 15 minutes on the court arguing with somebody. Somebody says words they're not supposed to say, and now it starts to get a little heated. And sometimes in these scenarios, you know what just happens? A fist fight ensues. And you normally in these moments can tell who actually wants to fight, who wants to throw hands, and who's scared to throw hands. And from hearing this story about this Lindell Mays individual, he sounds like somebody that doesn't want to get into a physical altercation. That's what it sounds like to me. You got you wielded a gun at the Belton Community Center, and now after you just got off probation, you were on probation for two years. You just got off probation. You got a gun down at the parade for whatever reason. You felt like you needed a firearm down at the parade. You got to keep it on you just in case something pops off. You are the person that pops off. Then you get into a staring contest with a kid, a 15-year-old. And now I got into a shootout with the cops right there and families right there and kids and innocent bystanders right there. You guys just couldn't fist fight and slug it out. You had to pull out your weapon. You had to pull out your piece and start shooting people. I hope they put this man under the jail. I'm serious. Under the jail. I'm reading. According to prosecutor, Lindell Mays, the guy who was alleged to have killed Lisa Govan, admitted that he not only pulled his gun first, that he also fired first and advanced on the men. You can't fight. I mean, that's that's my takeaway from this, that you can't fight. Because if you was really about it, you should have just you should have just knocked dude out. You should have just knocked them out. But no, you had to pull out your weapon in front of all these people and then start firing and hitting innocent people because you're scared to get into a fist fight. Also, the man who you heard in the news story says, my, my friend never had the intent to shoot 22 people. I promise. I'm sorry, man. That's not how the law works. That's not how this goes down. Your buddy shot first. He advanced toward the other guy. Didn't hit that guy, but hit Lisa Lopez Galvan, according to prosecutors, and then she tragically passed. You don't get to plead the, hey, he was mean mugging me, so I had to do something as a defense. Someone died. That is, I, I understand why his friend is trying to defend him and say, no, it was, it was you know, a mean mugging incident that went wrong. Well, it went very wrong, and you killed someone. That seems pretty straightforward to me, and you're right. If you this week are saying, hey, last week this happened and we now know the why, what a dumb reason not to tell your kids why that horrible event in front of so many Kansas Cityans happened that now, let's be honest, put a little negative stain on our great city nationally because the parade conversation wasn't, look how fun Kansas City is with back-to-back, oh man, Travis Kelsey is drunk. Even ESPN was talking about the shooting because of a mean mugging incident. Come on. So on the text line says, see that pick up basketball at the belt and rec does get heated from time to time. I mean, trust me. I mean, we've been in that scenario. For those of you that have never been in that situation, I mean, this is, I mean, this is basically what happened on white men can't jump. I mean, just almost it. I mean, this is almost what happened. I just, I just, this, this is. This is just one of the dumbest stories that I've ever heard. Honestly, it's legitimately one of the dumbest stories I've ever heard. And the fact that like, that's the why that's why what happened. 
because you guys got into a staring contest with people you don't even none of these people knew each other. It doesn't sound like that. At least not based on his account of the story. It doesn't sound like they knew each other. It sounds like, yo, why are you looking at me like this? They then got into some physical, they got into a, a staring contest, and then the guy just started shooting people. Just absolutely stupid. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get to the top stories of the day in Kansas City. Keep it right here, Mr. Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. have these stories that pop up and I mean I, I think I like, know the, the how of, like how this happened but it's still just still kind of crazy that it happens so Adrian Peterson you know who Adrian Peterson is one day he's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame he is having a real estate sell in Houston coming up and he is going to be selling multiple pieces of his memorabilia he is going to be selling his MVP trophy Allegedly, he is going to be selling his Rookie of the Year trophy. He also is going to be selling his Offensive Player of the Year trophy. I just did a quick Google because I was actually curious to know how much money Adrian Peterson made in his career. Adrian Peterson made $103 million playing football in his NFL career. That's not to count any endorsement. That is just strictly salary from playing in the National Football League. It's not even like he's been out the league a long time. I mean, Adrian Peterson's last game was in 2021. It's 2024. Where did the money go? I mean, it has to be gone, right? You don't, like, you're not doing all of this unless the money has dried up. Like, you're selling your, these are your accomplishments. Like, you're selling your MVP trophy. You're selling your rookie of the year trophy. Your offensive player of the year trophy. You're having a a, a garage sale for your things. The money, all of that money's gone that quick, just like that. That's sad. Can we start a GoFundMe for Adrian Peterson? I want to help Adrian Peterson out. I still don't know if we've seen a better college football player since Adrian Peterson. 
Like freshman year, Adrian Peterson, I was, I don't think we've seen anything like it. I mean, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdown passes. That's that's an insane. I knew you were going to tell me about all the talent on the team. I get it. No, it's that's not even that. I number. just, I, I guess at least for me, what's different to me about Adrian Peterson than even Joe Burrow is, you know, like the entire belief around like why they have the rule that you have to do three years in school is that it is, it is physically impossible for you to leave high school and be able to play in the National Football League, that it's not baseball, it's not basketball. Like, you need to go to college for three years and able to physically be able to do the demands. Adrian Peterson, as a rook, he is a, this is his freshman year. He is right out of high school. Rob, he ran for 1,900 yards and had 15 touchdowns as a true freshman at Oklahoma. I had never, I'd never thought that we would see a true freshman just dominate college football the way that we did. I still don't know. In 20 years, Adrian Peterson's freshman year at Oklahoma was in 2004. That's how old we are. 20 years ago, I've never seen anything like it. And you know, I love Cam Newton. I love Reggie Bush. And you're right about Joe Burrow. That season at LSU was amazing. We have not. He almost ran for 2,000 yards as a true freshman. Can you imagine the year before when he was in high school? And you're a sophomore linebacker. You think, hey, I got a chance of playing D1. And on the other team, it's Adrian Peterson in some Texas high school. Oh, my goodness. I bet he ran for 300 yards against you guys' team. I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine there are some Texas high school teams that are probably college football good. Like the same way Sunrise Academy is probably – Low-level college basketball good some years. I imagine high-level Texas high school football. He might have been running into some other D1 kids along the way. No, he was different, man. That's all I'm telling you. He was different. I never seen anything like it. Never. Not once. Not not since. People are saying, what about Vince Young? Not as a true freshman. He almost ran for 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns at Oklahoma. He could have played in the NFL as a true freshman. I just I didn't think that was even possible. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get to the top stories of the day in Kansas City, and we'll talk about Eric Hosmer. I have two quarterback stories I would like to share with you guys. Number one, I was reading on Bleacher Report earlier today, and did you know that there is a quarterback who wants to reset the market? I clicked on it. They got me. The clickbait got me today. So I click on, I'm thinking, who is this? Is it Joe Burrow? I mean, he just signed a new contract. Is it Lamar Jackson? He also just signed one. Is it Josh Allen? Who is it? It was Dak Prescott. That's who it was. From Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report, he is reporting that Dak Prescott wants to reset the market at $60 million. Sometimes I wonder if I'm the only one that watches these NFL games. Am I the only person that saw Dak Prescott's last start in the National Football League? I know you you watched it, didn't you, Rob, where they played the Green Bay Packers and they were the two seed and they were at home and this was the Cowboys. They're supposed to go to the first NFC championship game since we were shopping at Circuit City and Radio Shack. And this was going to be different for the Cowboys, you know? And we saw Dak Prescott throw two interceptions and throw a pick six and fumble. And he was the reason why they lost. That same Dak Prescott... That man now wants a raise. He wants he wants a raise compared to his peers. Not just a raise. He wants the raise. 
<laughs> he wants to be Dak Prescott wants to be the highest paid player in the National Football League. Right now it's Joe Burrow at fifty-five million dollars. Dak Prescott wants sixty million dollars to continue to lose in the first round of the NFL playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys. More and more, I I don't know how Patrick Mahomes wakes up every day knowing that he's underpaid. You know, just every single day. Just every day, like when he refreshes his phone, and I'm sure he's having a great time, you know. He and Brittany are probably, they got a nice dinner plan later today. They got somebody to watch the kids. You know, they probably got a great day planned. I want to know what it's like when you're Patrick Mahomes and you're scrolling, and then you see Dak Prescott, who has two postseason wins in his career. Patrick Mahomes won more postseason games this year than Dak has won in his entire career. How that person thinks they should make more money than you make to play football. Patrick I would love to know when he like when he rolls over and he's like, babe, look at this. And Brittany's like, what? And she rolls over and he shows her the screen. It's Dak Prescott wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. I would love to hear how much they laugh at Dak Prescott for that for that decision. Patrick Mahomes has more road playoff wins than Patrick, than <laughs> Dak Prescott two. has wins. Yes, yeah, two to two. He's been terrible in their last two postseason games. He was terrible against the Packers. He was terrible against the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys, I'm serious. If you guys give, if you give Dak Prescott $60 million, and as much as we're laughing and having jokes about it, I mean, Dak Prescott, he actually has like a pretty legitimate case here. Because if you look at his deal this season, Dak Prescott, I don't know if he can have the cap hit that he has this year. Like, I kind of think the Cowboys have to give him an extension. His cap hit this upcoming season is going to be $59.4 million this year. Like, they owe him a lot of money. Signing bonus, restructure, roster bonus, base salary. His cap hit is going to be $59.4 million. And obviously, they can't just outright cut. You're not cutting Dak Prescott. So you're going to have to get that cap number down, right? You're not carrying a $60 million cap hit for your quarterback. You're going to need to clear up some cap space to re-sign C.D. Lamb and some of the other things that the Cowboys need to do so they can lose in the first round of the playoffs next year to the Detroit Lions. you got to do some other things. So he actually has a little bit of leverage here. You can't. Dak Prescott's going to be the highest paid player in the National Football League. The same Dak Prescott who played against the Packers. If you were a team in the National Football League, this is what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to watch the Super Bowl. You only got to watch the first 57 minutes of it. You don't have to watch it. I would fast forward to the end. And I would watch... The Chiefs were down 19 to 16. It was a minute 54 left. They had two timeouts. And I would get all my football decision people in a room. And I would look at them and say, you know our team, you know our quarterback, you know our personnel. Do you think that our quarterback could have taken us down the field the way that Patrick Mahomes did? And would we have had a chance to either win this game or send it to overtime? Be honest. I will not be mad at whatever the answer is, but I want you to tell me how confident you are. And if your answer is no, how can you turn around and pay that person $60 million? Because I have seen enough Dak Prescott in my life to know he would have thrown an interception. He'd have thrown an interception. I don't know who he would have thrown it to, but he'd have thrown it to somebody on that San Francisco 49ers team because I've seen him do that countless number of times before. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk about Eric Hosmer, who has decided to call it quits, and he's retired from Major League Baseball. Come right back. It's The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 